is it that time? Yes. Today, I am rejoicing. I've been waiting 51 weeks for today. Today is the start of Shark Week. Shark Week is the longest running series, Blockbuster Week on cable TV. We are in the 31st year of Shark Week, and me and my 35 million closest friends will be glued to sharky goodness. <laughs> it's going to be jawsome. And not just for the, the magnificence of the, of the creatures, it's also for the storytelling. Now, I'll, I'll start with, with my own story about my first shark encounter. I was a small kid, um, and the highlight, this was like before the internet, before phones, before cable TV, uh, before anything. The highlight of the month was the arrival of the National Geographic magazine. And I would peer through it very carefully because you never know when like a spider might leap out of the pages. And, or snakes, or in my case, sharks. The first sight of the toothy grin gave me a haunting nightmare that lasted and lasted and lasted. And then, 20-something years later, I was channel surfing, and it happened again. I channel surfed my way right into a shark cage on the Discovery Channel, right at the moment when the jaws closed around the camera. And I thought I was going to die of heart failure, hyperventilation. Uh, the, the remote fell out of my hand. My palms started sweating. The remote fell out of my hands. And then I was, you know, glued. I had this fascination with Shark Week. I would watch it every year. And then 20-something years later, I was somewhat desensitized to the sight of sharks. And by now, I was living in Hawaii. And you know, we all know when you go in the ocean, that is their home. So you know they're there. And you need to be kind of Akamai, like you know, know a bit about their behavior. And I know, for example, that a shortboard surfboard with a person sitting on it paddling out, that looks a lot like a seal. And I decided with my avoir du poids that that was perhaps too risky for me. So I decided to go for scuba diving instead. And I very confidently went to Jack's diving locker, put on the stuff, got into the pool, like you know, up to my armpits, put my face into the water and had a massive panic attack. The 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 mask is like this, and the regulator goes, and I leaped out of the water. Uh, it was a two-day course. I spent most of the first day trying to put my face in unsuccessfully. So I went back. I got a mask with more peripheral vision. They let me come back. I finally got through the first day, and then day two. Now, where are we? We're in the deep end of the pool now. It's like 30 feet deep, and what you need, you're learning how to control your buoyancy. You, it, you need to be stable in the water column so that you can control your ascent and descent. Otherwise, you could get the bends and with very unpleasant consequences up to and including death. So here I am, I'm, I'm there, and we are, flooding and clearing our mask and taking on and off the regulator and it happens 
I can't get the water out of my mask, I panic, I start hyperventilating, I shoot up with the, the and it happens over and over again. So now I've repeated the two day course, I've spent four days doing this. And I eventually did graduate, I became certified, now I'm scuba diving and time has passed and I'm feeling more confident and we're out on the boat and the dive master Dave says, today we're gonna swim through a lava tube. And I was like, no, we're not. <laughs> and Dave said, you know, because I'm now notorious on, you know, half of the, the, the dive masters would, you know, they know if they, you've got Nina Long, we're gonna need extra supervision. So this lava tube is about as long as a yellow school bus and about as capacious. And you can see out either end. So it's not like life-threatening cave diving. It's, we're just gonna go through, there's lots of coral and colorful fish, and indeed we do. And it was the most amazing experience. For one thing, the color, the different colors of blue of the water. When you're under there and the light is coming down and the, the you've never seen so many colors of blue. And then when we get in, there's, you're swimming and there's coral growing out the sides and all of these different tropical fish, so many different kinds that you can't even believe it. How did they get to be so beautiful and so varied? And I'm meditating on the mystery of life and I have completely lost my sense of self. I'm just blending in. I'm floating and I'm looking right here and looking very carefully and floating away in my sense of oneness with the wonder of the universe and everything. And suddenly, out of the corner of my eye, I see fins swimming out of the tube and I look around. I look and I look and you're supposed to be following the group. You know, you're not supposed to be like free, free, free what is it, free ranging or you're, do not go free range and swim away from the dive master. I'm looking, am I alone? Back and forth, now I'm gonna be in trouble with dive master Dave again. And I think, so I, then I look down. <gasps> Who do you think was down there? Not one, but two reef sharks right below me. They're about as long as I am they're five feet away from me and there's two of them, so what do I do? Any guesses? I go, <gasps> I take this giant breath, I start hyperventilating, <sighs> I gain positive buoyancy, I shoot upward, and now I'm stuck on the roof of the cave, or a tube, but it's, it's rocks. And I'm there, pinned, <sighs> looking down at these two sharks, and I'm, I'm thinking to myself, this can only end in death. It will, I will, they will eat me or I will lose my air. I'll take the hose off the back of the, uh, I don't oh no, I'm caught. I'm gonna have to wait for Dive Master Dave to come and get me and then I'm gonna die of shame. So it's one way or the other, I am dead. Frozen in fear with my heart pounding. And so, I'm gonna adjust this mic. How's the sound, by the way? Is this better with it up this way? Okay. Thank you, and I apologize for being, should have done that earlier. Anyway, in life, we have these moments of being frozen in fear and having a fear reaction. 
in, in Germany, one of those times was right before World War II. Remember the, the, uh, the, the, um, the reflection? First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. And then they came for the trade unionists, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. And then they came for the Jews, and I didn't speak out because I was not a Jew. And then they came for me, and there was no one left to speak for me. So, you know, what is happening in our country? They are already coming for the socialists, the women of color, the Muslim immigrant congresswomen, women. Crowds are already chanting, send her back. The news cycle grabs us by the amygdala. That's the fight, flight, and freeze center of the brain. People are fighting each other on social media. Some people are fleeing into the comforting, like I, I have a group, clergy with cats, which I really like. Um, still others are frozen in a cycle of helplessness, withdrawal, and depression. Now, logically, right, we know that there is nothing more important to our beautifully diverse pluralistic society than our national motto, a pluribus unum, together we stand, divided we fall. But it seems like logic has nothing to do with what is happening in our country. But here we are, it's Shark Week, and logic has nothing to do with that either. Every year, humans kill 100,000 sharks. They get maybe 10 of us. The chances that you will be killed by a shark are one in 3.8 million. And as we learned from Carol, the most dangerous creature to humans is the mosquito. But we do not have mosquito week. I guess they're, they're not photogenic enough. Most of the shark week programming is formulaic fear mongering. There is an extreme power differential. There are lots of teeth. There's lots of scary music. There's some thrashing, lots of suspense, then a lot of biting with a side dish of screaming, like you know, some of the, the news shows. Um, there is also some science storytelling about the role of sharks in ocean health. And then we're back to the frenzy again. Shark Week is just as emotionally riveting as a liberal or conservative news feed. The Shark Week storytellers grab us by the amygdala and they never let us go. They terrify the inner child. And then, so back to me in the tube, I am up there. I had been, like a minute ago, right, in a religious naturalist bliss with members of my own tribe, looking at the, at the fish and having a great time, and all of a sudden I am in an unwanted and uninvited encounter with the scary other right in my religious sanctuary. And as I'm looking and deciding which of these three ways of certain death is likely to happen, I made eye contact with one of these sharks, and it rolled out its third eyelid to protect its eye from me. And all of a sudden, I had this terrible feeling. I am like a cat burglar who has broken into someone's bedroom. 
You know, not only am I an invited, uninvited guest in their house, but I've come into the bedroom while they're sleeping and given them the fright of their life. They were, I noticed they were like cringing themselves into the wall of the lava tube, like bending their bodies to make themselves as small as possible. And I was just so moved by their fear that I finally exhaled. And as I did, I began to get my buoyancy back and I came loose from the ceiling of this lava tube and I was able to swim out toward Dive Master Dave and the sharks flung themselves out the other side. And as you can see, I'm still, I'm still here. And since then, I have learned a couple things about shark behavior and I'm going to demonstrate one of them now. As we've, sharks are ambush predators, so now sharks. Thank you, John. Okay, I, I need to stand closer. Okay, thank you. Sharks are naturally hierarchical. This is the, the, le the lesson. And it's not just the great white sharks, it's all sharks. Sharks are hierarchical. Looming over them, as I was in the lava tube, I was sending signals of dominance to these two reef sharks cowering down on the floor of the lava tube. I was not consciously aware of sending these signals. It's just what my body was doing in response to fear. And I, was, I kept that up as long as fear had me. I was signaling, signaling, signaling dominance, and these poor creatures were frozen on the bottom. And let me translate this into the language of, that we use in Unitarian Universalism when we speak about dismantling white supremacy. Let's be very careful to understand what this means. Supremacy is a fear-based hierarchical system of interaction among sentient beings. Supremacy looks like a pyramid. Supremacy sounds like send her back. That is, that is beha supremacist behavior. Supremacy is the opposite of beloved community. Beloved community looks like which is what we're aiming for here, for those of you who are new to Unitarian Universalism. Beloved community, it looks like a network of circles, and it is a place where we practice for citizenship in a pluralistic democracy. So, now, the next time you hear the language of we're gonna dismantle white supremacy, and you're, you feel offended and your pulse starts racing, 
I, and you start hyperventilating, I want to put in your mind a different, different image so that you can keep this in your minds and never forget it. But I want to do it with my friend Stanley. Jenny, have you seen Stanley today? Stanley? He works here? He's new. He's, uh, Stanley the Great White. As a supremacist, where do we think he would be? Not. In a dominant position. one of my, you know, we're all related, he's one of the relatives, but, and you can see he is a white shark, this is how you can tell that he's paler on the bottom for camouflage from below, and he's darker on top, very hard to see in the water. What we're talking about, about the, the pyramid thing, is to see his dorsal fin, a pyramid, his nose, a pyramid, his teeth, a pyramid. That shape of interaction is what we are trying to get away from. That is what we are dismantling. And this week, I invite you to join me in binge-watching some Shark Fest. Shark, there's Shark Fest and Shark Week. Earlier, I mentioned the invitation from Reverend Marta. In the closing worship of GA, she invited us to excavate our interior selves. And Shark Week is your opportunity to reconnect with the emotion of fear for your physical safety. Now, if you are a woman or a person of color or have an, a different gender or sexual identity, or perhaps you are of one of the wrong religions, or if you are a native person, you are well aware of what this feels like most of the time. And there may be some in the room who are not consciously aware. Like, you know how sometimes you can go right from fear into anger? Or right from fear into avoidance? Or right from fear into humor? Um, there's someone in the room who's broken me of that. <laughs> um, so feeling the fear, becoming aware of what the fear feels like. We can't invite we can't put fear on notice that we won't let it control our behavior as long as we're not even feeling it at all. So whoever you are, and, and there's also, um, if you have a high level of fear in your life constantly, I think it's also good to greet that fear and thank that fear for the protection that it has given you. But we all, each and every one of us, whether you have like one scoop of fear tolerance or two or three, we need to understand what it's doing to our behavior. When does it cause us to lash out? When does it cause us to freeze? When does it cause us to lose ourselves in internet cat videos and just escape from the whole world? 
That is what we want to do. And um, he's my relative. Um, now, Shark Week is a real learning opportunity for this. It's a learning opportunity for you to meditate on your own reactions and understand yourself better. It's also a good opportunity to have a watch party. And if you decide to invite your friends over and talk about this, I invite you to look at the shape of the stories that are told on Shark Week. In other words, be like a bit of an anthropologist. You will see, you'll see some science stories. You might learn that, that sharks are the, are the cleaners of the ocean. They keep the ecosystem in good order with their predation. But you will probably hear maybe that 5% of the time and the other, they will be, there will be us and them stories. Sharks will be demonized. There will be a lot of stranger danger. There will be um, natural predation will be thrown up like, you know, it's an evil force. And sharks will suddenly have a, they'll have a vendetta against a particular person. There's all kinds of storytelling which is very, very easy to see when you are not involved. They're not telling stories about your mother, you know, or your ancestors. Um, they, they're t you, the sharks are like taking one for the interplanetary team and being the bad guys of Shark Week. And it's a really good opportunity for you to know and understand how powerful these stories are. And, you know, just imagine, for example, what if the Shark Week producers were spinning the Mueller testimony, right? What would that look like? Would everyone know what, you know, would, would 35 million people be riveted to that? Perhaps. Um, lack of a strong counter-narrative to these narratives of fear is damaging our country. And in 2020, I'll give you a heads up from General Assembly that, that Susan Frederick Gray, the leader of the UUA, wants everyone to help what she calls UU the vote, which is to bring back the pluralism into political life, to build the love, build the inclusion, build doing things together. We do not all have to agree. We don't have to believe alike. We don't have to have the same taste in religious leaders' attire, we can make the world more beautiful, more inclusive, and more networked as we are doing it together. And I'll end by saying that we are in a dangerous time where demagogues rise and maintain political leadership by deliberately and consciously stoking the fear of the other. Today, we reject that narrative in, that our social and, inter, and economic interactions must necessarily be shaped like the dorsal fin of the white shark. We are humans, we are not sharks. Our nature is different with a different challenge than constant hunger um, for many of us. It is, it is the human condition to be wired both for competition and for collaboration, for tribalism, and for interdependence. We have these this dual elements of our nature. It is what we make of ourselves as homo sapiens, 
or the wise ones is based on our choice of how to strike that balance. We do it with our stories. We do it with our teaching and our learning. We do it by being better people, which is what we're practicing here to do, and showing up in the world the other, all those other hours of the week. That is how we spread out the ripples. Outside of this meeting house, we are participants in the shared project of humanity. We are always all listening and all telling stories. We are always all learning and always all teaching. We are always all giving insight and receiving insight. And when you host a Shark Week party and talk about it, about how stories are shaping and demonizing good people in this country, you will tell better stories as a result. So, with the wisdom that we are all links in the becoming of humanity, we can act in ways that are blessings to each other and the world. With our love and our stories, with our learning and our teaching, so may it be. And aloha to you. <laughs>